Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, 18 plus. You are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and back for the second time, a very special guest by way of New York City, currently resides in D-Land, Florida. If you are a local Central Floridian, you know him as Carlos from the Monsters of the Morning, Real Radio 104.1. If you love The Walking Dead, he was Alvaro on The Walking Dead. If you're in the Marvel, let's say Hawkeye, he's one of the bros. He is my friend. He is one of my favorite guests. The one, the only, Carlos Alberto Navarro. Get loud. Get crazy. Oh my gosh, Dustin. And if you hear that, if you hear that applause, it's because we are back by invitation only to the world's greatest public university, University of Central Florida, my alma mater. We are recording this in front of 70 students from the College of Business. And you know what they told me, Carlos? Why? Not one of them showed up to see you or me. What? It's for a damn grade. No, I don't believe that. It's for a grade. But you know what? Hey, this is our opportunity to use our energy to flip the script. Next time, they'll want to show up just to see the show. Oh, I'm already seeing them on my Instagram, at to the top Carlos. They've actually followed me because I drop knowledge nuggets all the time. Motivational minutes that get in your brain and stick there and help you. And that's what you're here oh, for. Oh, I love how Dustin. you just slid that in. The way I slide into your DMs is yep. how you slid into, hey, at to, to the, the top, top Carlos. That's what's up, right? All you're, right. Yeah, hey, you got to be your personal Twitter? brand manager, baby. You always got to be. If you're not plugging yourself, if you're not promoting yourself, if you don't believe in yourself, trust me, no one else will either. Very cool. So here's what we're going to do today. This episode is going to be a little bit of me talking to Carlos about what Carlos does for a living, how he got to where he got, and what the audience can learn from Carlos, but specifically because we have an opportunity to invest in the future of our country, right? These students right here. Yes. They too, they too, right here, they too should be able to have their questions answered. So that they don't have to listen to two 40 something year olds talk at them. I'd rather respond to their questions. I can talk. So I think they need to learn a lot, a little thing (laughs) or two. Okay. All right. So let's start with this. When did you get your first break and how did you get noticed or what did you do to get noticed? 17 years old, graduated from high school, TV production background. All I wanted to do was like something in entertainment and I got an internship. I w- well, actually, I walked up to the place that was hiring and I didn't know if they were really hiring. My mom was like, you should go up there. They're hiring kids with TV production experience. Went up there. They said, no, they're not. And I said, hey. I'm off the floors, man. What do you want me to do? And the guy's like, well, we are looking for an intern. And uh, it was just getting attention, standing out. In life, people are too quick to say, oh, stand, you know, stand in line, act normal, don't do that. That doesn't work when you're trying to climb, especially entertainment, but any industry. You want to stand out in the right ways. And uh, I stood out, got an internship, and then later on down the road, uh, this big morning show called Russ and Bo and Dirty Jim um, they were looking for somebody funny, and I knew that. You know, these students weren't even born. They weren't even born. What what we know as the Monsters of the Morning was once the Monsters of the Midday, which was once the Russ and Bo Show. That's right. Yeah, it's a, it's a long historic show that I've been fortunate to kind of build here in, in Orlando and abroad. It's been around for a long time, but at the time, I was a little meek. I was right out of uh, high school, but I knew I had a, this little window to kind of 
show what I could do. And, and I know we're speaking to business students, so it's a little bit different in the sense of like not entertainment, but you're going to have those moments of business opportunities where somebody above you, a mentor, somebody's going to put it on you. They're going to say like, hey, show me how to do this. There's going to be an opportunity and you have to rise to the moment and not settle down. Um, just even talking about it, you're going to see it kind of moving forward in your class. So recognizing that moment, I didn't realize it then, uh, but stepping up in a moment when, um, when I was being looked at. You know, it's interesting. So that's what you did at 17. I have a really good friend of mine. You may remember him because he went to high school for a couple years with us before he dropped out. Uh, first name Joey, last name Sullivan. Shout out to Joey. Joey today um, has a very successful career working as a... He's like the guy who's so smart. He's who financial advisors go for help, mm. right? That's his job. And there's a company out there who pays him a lot of money to have every designation under the books when it comes to, to, to personal finance and fi financial advisory. But his path was different than the rest of ours. And he went to trade school after he dropped out of high school, got his GED, started doing something with AutoCAD at age 30, decided he wanted to go back to school, enrolled University of Florida, got his finance degree, but here's what I love about Joey, and it kind of correlates to what, what you did. You talk about standing out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm a 30-year-old getting started with a bunch of 22-year-olds. How do I stand out? For him, it was as simple as wearing a bow tie every day. Mm. Every day, even though dress code as first employer maybe was like slacks and a polo. Nope. He was slacks, long sleeve shirt, and a bow tie. Then the second thing he did that correlates to what you just yeah. said he made sure that he headed up one of the company's committees. Maybe it was like a young professional committee. It could have been like being the social chair at, at this Fortune 500 company because mm -hmm. he wanted to stand out. He wanted yeah. to put himself in a position that his, his uh, upper management noticed him, both in what he wore but also how he was, how he was presenting himself. So you did this at 17. You cold called. You yeah. walked into the radio station, and you said, hey, I'm here looking for a job. And 100%. they're like, uh, we don't have any jobs. Like, dude, I'm literally willing to clean toilets. Yeah. Like, what do you, we have an internship. And then you parlay the internship. How long did it take you before you started actually making money? Because when I hear internship, it's like free labor, mm -hmm. right, for the most part? Yeah, when I, well, I was college credit at the time. I was in Valencia uh, Film School, uh, and uh, it was about a year. And, and it was the end of my internship. I could have lied and just stayed on. And literally, they wouldn't have checked the paperwork. This was a time when everything wasn't like being looked at. Uh, we and, weren't in the digital world. Yeah, yeah. It was every, yes. Yeah, you, like, you had to bring a paper in like once every like three weeks or something like that. I was like fudging it every week. Uh, and, and there was a point like, oh, you have to, okay, this is the end of the semester. And I, and I was like, all right, I'm going to basically say, okay, I'm done. And if they want me, they'll keep me, and I'll give a last hurrah. And that's what I did. I kind of did, like, this last performance, and, and they were like, whoa, we want to keep you on. But if I would have just not valued my time, and time is the only real commodity you have. As you get older, you will value it more. Right now, all you have is time, so it doesn't seem that important. But, um, but as, when the beginning, you really start to value your own time and what you're willing to do for it and what you're willing to give to others – um, that will be when the rubber meets the road. And then they were like, all right, well, we got to make, now we got to pay this guy too many times. And that's what happened. I got paid pretty quickly. I was 18 years old on a morning show or midday show getting paid. Were you making like 13 bucks an hour? Do you remember? Do you remember yeah, how low it was? It was definitely not 13 bucks an hour. It was less than yeah. that. So, uh, yeah. so I can't remember if I prepped this time, but Carlos and I literally met in high school, right? Yeah. He was a year younger than me, but we were both in the same TV production program. He was always that guy. We all had this guy or girl in our school, always had the camera. 
right there at every sporting <laughs> event. So being friends with Carlos, my, my benefit is you go to my senior year yearbook. Dude, my picture is everywhere because <laughs> my boy was hooking me up with with with, with pictures. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, but no, I I remember you at this point when I can only imagine you're getting paid close to minimum wage, but you're becoming a local celebrity. Yeah. They paid you good to do a remote. A remote's when an advertiser wants you to come out to their place of business and actually like call in and and talk about, hey, I'm at Holler Chevrolet today and come down between one and four and see me. And that's actually how guys like like him actually yeah. made decent money. But you're a local celebrity, you're young, you're partying, you're Ooh, meeting, yeah. you're meeting celebrities, <laughs> oh, yeah. and your ass goes and gets arrested a lot. Yeah. A was, lot. Yeah. A lot. Like that one song, 21 Savage. A lot. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was crazy. I had a lot of passion, a lot of energy. That's what you, you call tell. it, passion. Yeah, that's what I realized was this is passion pouring through my veins. Like right now talking to you guys, I'm so excited to share this information because nobody shared it with me. Nobody. Everything I'm saying to you is like I could go back in time and I wish I had that person saying it to me. So um, I get a lot of energy. I get, I get charged off of you guys. Um, so when I was younger, I didn't know that I was, I was 18, 19. And I know it's a little different. Imagine like a super famous YouTuber, like in the nineties and early 2000, that's who I was 18, 19, same age as Paul y'all, um, with unfiltered access to every bar and everything that Orlando could provide. And I had the hottest club night. So I wild out to say the least. And I got arrested three times, uh, for drinking and fighting. Because I also was very into martial arts and boxing and a bunch of stuff. Um, so I screwed up my life as bad as you possibly could because but of unfiltered energy and, un and, and misguided passion. Did it take you the third arrest before they fired you? No, they still didn't fire me after that. They still didn't fire me. Well, he, uh, he eventually, I'm a fast yeah. forward, he eventually gets fired from this dream job. Mm -hmm. But right? I got fired for wanting to act. No way. Yeah, I didn't tell you that. No, I, I just assumed yeah. that's you know what happens when you assume things, right? I just assumed, <laughs> hey, after three arrests, and these arrests were making like local six news. Like oh, yeah. Orlando Sentinel was writing about it. Like y'all can go ahead and get out your pocket computer and Google that shit. But follow right. me first on yes. to the top crawlers. Yeah, yeah. And don't do it now. Do it do it at like two PM when 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 we No, and Carlos has an awesome keynote presentation that he gives called Mugshot to Marvel. Yeah. But I was today years old when I learned that you actually were terminated. So because you wanted to continue to flex your creativity, mm -hmm. you wanted to follow your passion to acting. Yeah. And yeah. and at the time, the radio station wasn't cool with you doing both. Not at all. Not wow. At all. Okay. It, not at all. So yeah. to, did they make you choose or did, did, did they choose for you? <laughs> they made me and they chose for me. Okay. In a very harsh way. Because um, at the time you were taking acting classes, but had you booked some of your like, like this dude did like. Florida lottery commercials. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was right. a campaign. It was me being Kevin. Hey, buy your Florida lottery commercial. It was like yeah. a funny thing. But no, that's the crazy part. My participation on the show, there's a saying. It's like if your participation is less than the donation, they'll get your ass out of there. Okay. So my participation, my, my value to the show, and, and in regards to you guys, your value to the company, if it's of high regard, especially investment bankers and high, they're going to put up with a load of your bullshit that you look back on and go, why didn't you fire me? They could have, but I was, I was the dude and I was coupled with somebody else. His name was Daniel and we were fire on the air and they, and we were, they wanted us to have our own show. And it was like during the Howard times and all this stuff. But then they were like, Ooh, they're getting too big for their britches. So they said, how one's got to go. And this one wants to act. And I said, well, I can do both. No, you can. And the, one of the, the hosts of the show, Russ came over to me as we're about to perform for 
4,000 people. They used to come out and watch us perform. And he goes, Carlos, you'll never do anything bigger than this radio show. You'll never be in a movie. You'll never be on a TV show. This is it. Appreciate it. And I remember looking at him going, you're so fucking wrong. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, you're good. And years later, when I was driving to New Orleans to do a movie with Jason Statham, I posted on it on Facebook. And I, hadn't, I wasn't even thinking about him. I just said, man, there's a lot of people. And I want y'all to remember this and put an affirmation out there because there's people that are doubting you. They're going against you, family members, friends, that they don't think you're going to succeed in this college. You're not going to get the degree. Mark it down that you will because I did that day. I said, I will be an actor. I will be on these TV shows. And when I later down the road made a Facebook, like, you know, passive aggressive Facebook, you know, posts, hey, I'm on my second movie. I'm working with Jason Statham. I guess it worked out. I did some bigger things in that radio show. Yeah. Well, the host, the person who said that, I'm in my hotel room in New Orleans, this bougie hotel. I'm like, wake up. And it's called, he hadn't called me in five years. Hey, man, Carlos, can you, I think you were writing about me on Facebook. And I just want to let you know. I'm sorry, and you were right. You proved me wrong. You have the talent. I was selfish then. I was like, you're going to get a moment like that if you stay true to yourself. I'm on the radio show with this guy again now. We've been doing the radio show for seven years together. I trust the guy. He's never turned his back on me. You, the people you think that you won't ever work with again could be your, your, your great friend. And how does that work in business? Oh, all the time. All the, All the time, especially if anyone goes into like the, the business side of like construction or land development, just know this. Those dudes sue each other <laughs> for like fun. Literally, you'll have this general contractor who hired this electrical company to do work together and they sue each other and then they hire them the next project and the next project. It's there is something to be said about there's. There's business or it's just business. Yes, it is just business. And business works best when you can keep that in mind and you never make it personal. You said something that I want you to repeat because I want to try to swipe and adapt it. By the way, that's also what life is all about. Swipe and adapt. Swipe and adapt. Eleanor Roosevelt said it best where it's, I'm going to butcher the, the quote. Just say it like an old lady, though. Go. <laughs> that, I'll leave the acting talents to Thank you, Lois. Thank you. No problem. I'm Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> But it, it says something about learn from others' mistakes because you won't live long enough to make enough yourself, Ooh, right? So like it's like, that. you know, we want to learn from us. We also want to swipe and adapt, follow the patterns. So I want you to say what you said earlier because I want to try to swipe and adapt it. But it was something along the lines of your, your input and your output. You're talking oh. about what, what you're giving <laughs> in versus what they're getting out. Because there's a lesson that, that I learned from a very wise businessman that I want to share with this group. Okay, actually, it's even better because I thought about the full quote. If if the frustration outweighs the donation. Okay. Okay. It, because essentially, think of like your favorite teams, right? Man, when they're scoring that player. Back in the day, it used to be a, a little bit more like they were just that teammate. But man, they're so good. But the second their talent, their, their donation to the team, the company, the family drops. Oh, all of a sudden, those frustrations raise through the roof. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's when you really understand where you're at is uh, when somebody first calls you out on stuff. You don't get called out on the good times. You can't count your friends during the good times. You can only count your friends during the bad times. That's in business as well. So, yeah, so we would call that where, where I grew up, 
um, the juice worth the squeeze. Oh, the mm. juice ain't worth the squeeze. Yeah. But what I want to share with the group, and I learned this from one of my very first ever podcast guests, a uh, guy's name is Louis Valsaint. And Louis taught me that you don't have to be an entrepreneur if you can be an intrapreneur, hmm. right? So when, when I heard you saying what you were saying about the, the frustration of the donation, it's me having a chance to speak to, a, to the future generation, entrepreneurs, salesmen, saleswomen, marketeers, et cetera. It's understanding that you don't have to work for yourself. Not everyone's cut out to work for themselves, but when you work for someone else, you have to take that same entrepreneur mindset and make yourself so valuable to the organization that you force them to put up with your bullshit, mm -hmm. right? You force them to give you equity in the company. You force them to give you that raise. That's how you put the golden handcuffs on. It's going in with the intrapreneur mindset, which is I'm not a worker here to do a job. No, I am a owner or a soon to be owner. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how soon is, is measured is soon tomorrow is soon in 20 years. The answer is yes. But that entrepreneur mindset. So back on your acting, yeah. right? We're going to try to stay on, on, uh, on pace All right. so that we can then open it up to questions. When you got into acting, what did that look like? Like, like you, you did just, you maybe did wake up or you didn't wake up. But at some point you said, I want to be an actor. Yeah. I'm tired of just being a super famous dude in Orlando mm -hmm. who has his way about town. Mm -hmm. I want to be on the screens, not just on the radio. Uh, it was my fascination for movies in general, wanted to direct, wanted to create something. I wrote a short film, made a short film. It was a comedy. The radio was fun because it was five hours of talk and I was doing characters. So I was acting in a sense. Then an ex-girlfriend said, Carlos, you need to take this acting class. She was in the acting class. She, I shouldn't say that. Uh, and then I went to the acting class and party. I thought it was fun. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And she's like, here, you should do it. So I took it. And I was taking it from the director's uh, standpoint. And in the business sense, you guys think about this. You're going to go to a meeting. You're going to be thinking one thing. And then all of a sudden, it's going to switch to another thing. And you have to be quick on your feet. So once I was there, I realized, oh, this is, uh, this is really my strong suit, is being an entertaining people. But I was kind of like, I wasn't taking it serious. And then my acting teacher, God rest her soul, after like the fifth class where I, she would ask every time, who is taking this seriously? Who wants to be a professional actor? In a class just like this, <laughs> the entire class would raise their hand except me. And I would be like there. And she would look at me and she goes, why don't you want to do this? I go, I don't know. I don't like it. Because I was like partying. I was this. I was that. I was a radio guy. And then after one performance in a class where I just kind of laid it all out, she comes up to me and she's like, she told the other students to get away. And she goes, Carlos, she put her hands on my shoulder. And she goes, Carlos. You are destined for this. You have to do this. You have to. So it took one person believing you. It took one, that person. Yeah. And before that, it was therapy. It was like a class that I would just go to on Sundays. Hang it out was, with your girlfriend. Out, yeah, she wasn't even in the class. It was <laughs> just like, and after that, I was like, man, this woman like is begging me to do this. All right. So I signed up to it like I would like a coal miner. I was like, well, I guess I'm going to do this till the day I die. How do I start? Well, I guess I'll start with uh, uh, independent films. So I did all these little independent films. I guess I'll do the student films. Were, were you getting paid for the independent Zero, films? Okay. nothing, nothing. I didn't get paid until my first commercial that I ever booked, which was like years down the road with Derek Jeter. And it was this massive shoot where I tackled him. It all paid off there. Um, I had actually booked a couple commercials before I got fired. Um, my point was I took a very blue collar approach 
And and so that like now when I'm on a when I did a Marvel movie and I was on a poster as the bad guy, the bro, hey, all this stuff, I can say, man, I've done everything down the line. There's not one thing you can tell me that, oh, did you no, I did that, did that for free, did that for free, did this, did that. Because I was obsessed and passionate about it. And I think business is the same thing. If you're gonna be the boss, you better know every single job. Under. If you're the broker, you better know how to run that that uh, that, that credit report. You better know how to you know uh, do those anything with mortgages. That's why Dustin can sit there and say this stuff to you guys because that's how I feel when I'm on set. I'm like, man, I I know this because I lived it for the past 20 years. So from your first acting class to your first paid gig, oh, um, two, probably two years. Wow. That's awesome. Two years. Yeah. This is a, uh, an awesome story, but we've already covered it on a previous episode. So if you all want to hear the story in full and hear Carlos tell it, I'm going to tell you to go to YouTube, uh, pull up our channel. First, subscribe, by the way. Yeah, come on. Uh, but after you subscribe, just use the search feature and do Carlos Navarro. Uh, but your story about The Walking Dead. Yeah. Man. Okay. So his character, Alvaro. Yeah. His last name is Navarro. Yeah. How many times I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm going to tease it because it's a really freaking <laughs> awesome story about about perseverance. How many times did you audition for The Walking Dead? Uh, 13 and a half times. 13 and a half times. Yeah, yeah I say and, half. Yeah, yeah. half. I and half. and some of those roles were They're just random ones. One offs. One offs. One -offs. Yeah. One episode done. You but know. the role that you landed, how many seasons? How many episodes? Two seasons, 10 episodes. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty freaking awesome. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's a it's a life lesson because whether it's acting. Right. Or whether it's, you know, getting an accounting degree and wanting to become a, a CPA and a CPA, you want to go to uh, a controller, controller to CFO. It's like all of these life lessons. They definitely apply. One hundred percent. Last question for you. Then we're open up to the audience. OK. okay. Um, can you give me two or three lessons you've learned business wise? from your time as a radio personality talent or an actor, whether it was TV or film, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. when you look back, you're like, damn, I wish someone had pointed that out to me sooner because you'd be further along in your career if you understood the business side of things better. Yes, 100%. Remember this, opportunities are made, not given. What does that mean? I used to think, oh, well, after I book Walking Dead, the door will open. They'll say more. Th oh, come on down. No, no, no. You have to do things and put yourself out there to create an opportunity. And then somebody else is going to go out and do the same thing. But the door is just not going to. Every now and then, once in a blue moon, an opportunity that you think is so great is not going to pan out the way you think it is. You have to go out there and, and really make opportunities happen. I wish I would have been more um, um, kind of uh, find more of a publicist, more of a manager early on. These were business things that I wish I would have had when I hit certain points. Um, and I think, I think the other thing with business is you have to get out of the head of that it's all about you and look at it like a business, like you individually, your personal brand, what you bring to the table um, what makes you stand out in a, in, in a world? Um, I think that's a couple things. Yeah, but. no, I like that. And, and when I hear publicist, mm -hmm. when I hear manager, for you all, 
I'm going to put it into words that makes more sense to people graduating with a degree from the College of Business. It's a mentor. It's a coach. It's paying money for professional development. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, the best investment we can make is into ourselves, yeah. right? You may have been like, oh, I can get along with my talents, my good looks, and my charm. I don't need to have that person take 10% of my pay right. or I don't need to pay this person a retainer of $1,500. But there could have been a massive opportunity cost because while you're out acting, working the red carpet, doing your thing, they could have been behind the scenes pimping you out, getting you your next audition, and talking to casting agents about why it's important that you bring Carlos into the fold. Man, What I've learned in the business world, I can spend two years trying to figure it out. Tries the opportune word. I can try to figure it out. Where I can spend $15,000 and pay someone else who's already figured it out to give me all the secrets. That's so damn true. I, I would beg, borrow, and steal that fifteen grand. I actually wouldn't steal it. And I may go to jail and I'd be like, Carlos, and he's <laughs> hey, a great guy and all. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to leave the mug shots uh, you know, for another lifetime. Well, but no, I, w I would work a second job. right? I would go take a second mortgage on my house if it was, it was that good of an opportunity to, to surround myself with talented people that can help me get to where I'm trying to go faster. Yeah, I can genuinely think of this moment. It was the premiere of Hawkeye. We were in Hollywood. Um, I was so excited. I was there with my family. They flew us all out. I'm there with my other buddy. Who did played... you get to fly a PJ? No, I wish oh. that would have been super dumb. I'll well. say, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, this other, the other guy who played the bro, big guy, if you guys watch the show, his name is Alex. He had just hired on a publicist. And as we're walking in, I didn't have a publicist. A publicist is basically somebody who tells your story. That's all it is. An agent is somebody who just handles the business of your acting gig. A manager is somebody who goes out and gets work for you, right? So, so just everyone in this room, based on their degree and, their, and some of their interests, could, could, could end up going publicist, or manager, agent, manager. Or agent. Yeah. Easily, okay. easily. So you can all work in the entertainment industry. But as we're walking up to like the Chinese theater or whatever, he's like, man, I got a call from this place. I'm, I'm doing the interview that and I'm walking in. I'm like, oh, damn, I was supposed to have the publicist now. That would have already worked itself out. I missed. I'd done a lot of things right. But then I realized on oh, the business sense, I needed to strike while the iron is hot. Remember that phrase strike while the iron's hot. I got five gigs, uh, you know, your, 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 your whatever business you are. The company's hot. Ooh, let's make that, let's make that jump now because the attention's on me. I missed that little moment there. That's something I learned. Now I got a publicist. She's fantastic. When that next opportunity happens, it'll be that supercharge for the business side uh, of my uh, industry. Do you have any upcoming projects you can talk about? You know, right now, no, SAG was, you know, on strike. And so we just are getting back uh, auditions, which imagine that. So think about that, diversifying your business. That's why I have my radio show. That's why I do motivational speaking. That's my trifecta and then acting. But guess what? The legs were swept out from under me. Zero auditions this year, guys, because it wasn't when the strike started. They were like, hey, the strike's going to happen. So auditions stopped coming out. And that is a main pillar of my income gone. So imagine in your business to diversify, because if I didn't have, and luckily my personal development business and brand has really gone great because I go, okay, as a business person, entrepreneur, I have to focus on this and make this grow. Thankfully, uh, it's worked out. Awesome. All right. It's y'all's turn. It is time for us to turn the questions over to the students of UCF's mm. College of Business. Mm. Uh, John in the back actually has this really cool mechanism. It's called the catch box, but it's a speaker that you can speak into. Dude, that's cool. And it'll resonate. We have a question up here in the front. We have one to the left. Uh, do not hold anything back. Just trust that we're going to give you the answer, whether you like it or not. 
Fire away. What's your name? What a great question. Well, can I take this? <laughs> yeah, at first? of course. Absolutely. So I think we all should have an elevator pitch in general. Who are you? What are you looking to do? Why are you important? Um, but I would encourage all of you in today's day and age with what we can do online in terms of our online profile and our online persona. I think it starts before the pitch. I think it starts with you clicking on your intended audience and stalking them, like not in an overly creepy way, but in enough that I want to get to know you way. Uh, follow them, send them a friend request, connect with them on LinkedIn. Unfortunately, don't snap with us because we're not there yet. Um, and TikTok something we only do when we're drunk. Okay. <laughs> so, but you can find me on IG and unfortunately you can find me on Facebook. Yeah. Go ahead and call me a boomer. But, um, you know, my, my intended audience tends to be 35 to 54 for the, the, um, companies I own. Now, my intended audience for the podcast, no, that's 18 to 34. So different demographics, uh, different way of communicating. But what I was getting at is you want to find me, connect with me, engage. How hard is it to, to like, heart, or comment? And then eventually slide into my DMs. But if you slide into my DMs, don't pitch me there. Slide into my DMs and be like, oh, my God, you did an Ironman? How do you find the time while also running a successful business? You could be a total stranger. I have an ego. Stroke that ego, play into that ego, and then eventually, if I'm a human and I'm not an asshole, I'm probably going to ask you something about yourself. Mm -hmm. Now we're engaged in conversation. It's no different than when your parents or your grandparents went to a networking function. They had to drive somewhere. They had to put on their Sunday best. They had to smile, make eye contact, shake hands, and have small talk. We all can do that in our underwear at <laughs> 6 a.m. while drinking coffee started online. And then when you do your pitch, um, man, that's a, that's a very personal thing. And I would never ask you to do my pitch in your voice, just like you shouldn't do your pitch in my voice. And shorter is better. And look for a way that you can connect with me or look for a way that you can catch my attention. So I know it's probably not a specific like script, but I would write those down. And by the way, get really good with open-ended questions. Open-ended questions force me to engage in you. Ask me something where it's yes, no is the answer. No. And I move on. Ask me a question I have to think about and respond to. You have me engaging. Once I'm engaging, you have a much better chance of uh, getting me to, to slow down enough to listen to you. That was all great stuff, man. Yeah. Really good stuff. <laughs> um, what was your name once again? Kershi. Kershi? K-U-S-H-I. Cool. Okay. cool name. Um, I think that's a great question, man. I've done a bunch of these, these Q&As. Um, for sure, being ready to go. Like, let, I'll, I'll use acting uh, just once again because I, that's what you do. Yeah, yes. no, a lot of time. Hey, man, I want to be an actor. Oh, cool, man. Uh, well, let me see your social media. Why? Are you acting on your social media? Why would I do that? Well, why not start there? That's free. You get it? Well, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, then you're definitely not going to want to do it for an independent film for a college student that's going to be looking at you going, "Can you stand over here?" Because if you're not going to do it on social media, you're not going to do it in real life. Okay, that's number one. But then the second level. So let's say, hey, I want to be an actor. And they go, yeah, boom. And they show me their social media and they're acting. I'm like, 
Hell yeah. You get a little tukup, a little tiki, a little like, oh, I'm paying attention to you now. And then if I go, well, have you been on Actors Access? It's totally free to sign up on there because all the things I'm saying you can Google, right? So, and they go, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Tukup, bye. But if you go, oh, I never thought about that. Thanks for the information. I'm going to go on there. Absolutely. Then you build that little relationship. Um, here's a very easy thing to get people interested in you. Um, if, if you're interested in people, they will find you interesting. All you have to do is ask questions. Just what Dustin was saying. You, that first thing, wow. And make it be exactly like if uh, Patrick Bet David's a guy that I like on, on, on YouTube and I saw him at a UFC fight. And the first thing I walked up to him, I could have talked about business or whatever, but I knew a specific episode and he immediately knew I was, oh, and then we were able to talk after that, you know, as opposed to like, big fan, man, you, you, man, you're a million, you're a billionaire, right? Like, you see what I'm saying? So maybe uh, that was a great question. Hopefully we helped you. All right. <laughs> we're going to have some fun. Carlos does voices. Yes. Yes. So someone from over here, I want you to give me a voice that he has to answer the next question in. Oh, and wow. there was a question over here. So you're going to answer this question. I want, I want the voice, the guy in the striped shirt. What voice does he have to answer it in? SpongeBob. Oh, SpongeBob. See, I'm not, I'm like, see, see, so I'm SpongeBob. I'm too old for that. Cause well, that isn't SpongeBob. Isn't he like real squeaky up there? Uh, I would have to hear it, but. Uh, uh, in the back. We're going to find what he can do. They're doing Rick and Morty. Uh, I can always do Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a guy who's always saying he's the greatest, and it might be the greatest ever. China. <laughs> uh, look, actually, I love doing Obama. Uh, so uh, you kids are uh, doing good in here. Good to see you. Good to see you over there. Uh, the folks of uh, business over here, uh, and the folks of being good and uh, equal. So uh, thank you, and thank you. Greatest day in Carlos's life was, was meeting Barack Obama. Yeah. Actually, probably fourth greatest. Yeah. Mary and Megan, yeah, your one. two girls being born, yeah. and then meeting Barack Obama. Yeah. Having dinner with Obama, that was pretty cool. A question, oh, question. yep. Um, in a what voice? Rick and Morty. Oh my gosh, y'all are saying like all the ones, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't he? I can see him once again, I'm going to do the same damn voice. I, I don't know it though, man. I don't want to give a bad impression. I don't know that voice, but no. I'll answer it. Uh, how about as Al Pacino? Oh, now we're talking okay. here. All right. Which Pacino though? Because this is, what's that? Right? You know what's funny? Do you know the full quote of Jack of All Trades? Well, I believe it's Jack of All Trades is better than none. They never finish it out. It's like the Jack of All... If you look up the quote, and they always... No, I am a Jack of All Trades. Dustin is a Jack of All Trades. Very rarely these days can you stay single-minded. People want to ask me about acting. First thing I say is, how do you, do you know any software? Adobe, Premiere, do you know? I know all of them because why? As an actor, you got to record your stuff. You got to send your stuff. You got to do your stuff. So you got to be a jack of, a little bit of jack of trades of tech. You got to be a little bit of jack of trades for acting. You got to be a little bit of jack of trades for business to run your stuff. So no, I am a jack of all trades, but it's all like in within a, a, the same kind of, world i yeah. i'm not great at science i'm not gonna do a financial seminar or anything like that but um yeah I'm, i wish i could have known the real quote right off hand because it would have been like people like whoa that was cool but master of none. master of none but yeah. keep going no 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 right there keep going better than okay so that's it's it, that was a great question. Yeah. Be a jack of all trades. I have a very short answer. Go deep before you go wide. Mm. 
You can go wide, but go deep first. Get really good at something and then look at adjacent skill sets or adjacent industries and then start to go wide. Ooh. I am not going to go write any type of algorithm for the next software. That, like, that I cannot be the jack of that trade. If it's sales, if it's marketing, if it's real estate, if it's personal finance, if it's speaking, if it's presenting, if it's teaching, like I can stay in that lane, but there's certain lanes I can't stay in. But I had to get really good at mortgage before I could launch into real estate investing. I had to get really good at running a business before I could start investing in 13 other businesses because I wouldn't know what questions to ask. Like the next investment I'm getting ready to make is into a video game studio. I don't know shit about video games. John Coleman does. Carlos does. My son does. My cousin does. And I definitely reached out to all four of them, but I know a lot about business. So I can ask the business questions. I can utilize my network to get some of the industry expertise and then decide whether or not that's where I want to put my 50 grand or not. Uh, but go deep first and then go wide. Can I add on to that, Dustin, real quick? I, this was something that I wanted to share with you guys. I don't know why, uh, maybe it, as it does pertain to business, but um, I get a lot of people, hey, man, I'm going to move to L.A. I'm going to move to New York. And I'm sure you guys, hey, I'm going to move to L.A., New York, start a business, whatever. And I would say, have you dominated your neighborhood yet? Have you been the best actor on your block yet? No. Why the hell do you think you're going to be the best actor in New York? I, I was not any of these things. I had to literally, and I would keep asking myself that question. People, why don't you go into LA? I'm like, I haven't booked anything here. Why would I expect to book something in LA? Until I got to the point where I dominated Florida, where I knew every casting director and took years. And then it's like, oh, next gradual step. So with that, go deep in your business, dominate your block before thinking you're going to do, you know, international business dealings. Dominate your block and you'll everything you need to learn. Everything I needed to know about the industry was learning it right here. And then it was the same stuff everywhere. So to that deep yeah. before you go wide kind of theory. Awesome. Next question. In the back. Yes. He looks like one of the Allman brothers. Yeah, you do. Yeah. They're like, Y'all look that up. Your parents used to jam out to them. Yeah. Actually, your grandparents did, but it's okay. <laughs> In a what? Borat voice. I don't know. Uh, you know who Borat is? Oh my uh, god, I feel like the oldest uh, person in the world. I don't know what Borat is. Borat. I'm Borat. Borat. Oh, Borat. Yes, very oh. nice. Oh. I can answer that. Yes, oh, you god, need god. a G string and you need to dance and be very nice. Kazakhstan, very good. Yes. <laughs> Actually, the last speech I just yes. had at, at, at the college. My wife. My wife my says wife. you look very <laughs> handsome. Um, he was from Kazakhstan. I can answer <laughs> that question. I'm an expert at passion. Your name again, brother? Evan. You ready? You want to know what passion is? Passion is patience, and patience is passion. There's something that you can't get enough of. I don't know. It could be quirky. It could be unique. But you can't get enough. You keep going back to it. I, you, it could be you love bug collecting. You just love bugs. But you've got this accountant side to you. But, man, I just I watch these documentaries about bugs. I could give a shit about bugs, right? But you, Evan, you love bugs. But how is that my passion? I'll tell you how it's your passion. Did you know, Carlos, that the Zimbabwe BB bug actually exerts ink from this? I didn't know that. Put a TikTok on it. Boom. Now we got a TikTok about this bug. Now all of a sudden, Evan is the bug guy on TikTok that focuses on these things. And one went viral because you were funny on it. And then the zoo says, hey, man, we need somebody who has got some material. You got 10,000 followers. You mind coming to the zoo? Yeah, sure. I'll head up. 
You got a little line sitting there. Evan, we want Evan. That video you made. All of a sudden, you are building through your passion this thing that nobody else cares about. A lot of people care about acting. A lot of people care about business. Your passion is whatever you have the most patience for. People will say their kids are their passion. Why? Because they have the most patience for them. You never learn patience until you have kids. I didn't know what, you guys still, unless y'all have some kids, uh, you don't know what patience is until you have to, you're staring at a kid that's screaming at you at two in the morning, you have to be at work, you don't know what's going on with them, you just wanna go to bed, there's nothing, but you're like, all right, I better learn some patience. And that's what you have to have to succeed in your industry, an undeniable moral obligation, if you will, to your passion. Yeah, two two quick comments to add. Your pa for me, my passion found me. It took me 20 years to actually put words to what my passion is. Mm -hmm. My passion is making money. It really is. But but with that, I I care how people work. I don't care how cars work. I care how right. businesses operate. I don't care how machinery operates. Interesting. Right? I yeah. knew my son was an engineer when he was four because I took him to the batting cages. He didn't want to hit balls. He wanted to go behind the machine and see the mechanical aspects of how it worked. Interesting. So I knew when he was four, that was going to be something that he was going to lean into. If you looked at me at eight, I was buying business cards and reselling them. I was holding garage sales because I liked buying shit, reselling it for a profit, even when I was eight or 10 years old. Um, so... I think your passion will find you. And then finally, do you know why I know I love IPAs? Because I drank every other skunk piss beer out there until I finally found one that I liked. My point being, you got to get out and explore. You got to have a sure why not attitude and say yes. Say yes to that meeting. Say yes to that networking function. Say yes to that guy's weekend, even if you think you won't like it because you never know what you'll find by putting yourself out there. All right, we have time for one more question, and then these guys and girls had to get back to, uh, yeah, because you all have to go at two, I was told. I can hang out. If Carlos can hang out, we can answer questions. We'll just have to wrap up the podcast episode, let you all dismiss, and then whoever wants to stick around, we'll stick around. Sound good? So last question for on air. Great question. Uh, First of all, voluminous, volume, yeah, lots volume. of volume. I love that He's word. He's right, though. Everything is in your face, yeah. Sure. You want to market the music or you make the music? Oh, cool. See, I knew that was it. See, see. Oh. That's really interesting. Um, well, I think being genuine with your approach is always best. Because imagine, and trust me, some of your favorite TikTokers are doing, and I've met them and interviewed them, and they hate their, whatever it is, they're the guy that walks up to the people and hands the $100, hey man, you wanna do a question? And they've become that person. And maybe they try to, oh, it went, it, went, it went viral. If you do work, like if you go on my social media, I'm proud of everything I've done. Some I look ridiculous, it's stupid, but I, it was me, it wasn't like, I wonder what the algorithm will say. That will only get you so far. They've realized TikTok, you can't make money on TikTok, right? 
that during COVID, everybody was watching TikTok, everybody's watching little fast form and then, or short form, and then now they've done the numbers. That's why Facebook pulled back from the uh, residuals. That's why Instagram, that's why they've all pulled back. It's long form. So it does have its place, obviously, but be genuine in your approach. And if you create music you're proud of, if you work with people you like, it'll just grow, I promise. But if you try and take a shortcut and go, man, I don't really do hip hop, but you know, it's kind of, it's popping right now. Let me, let me just do this hip hop beat. Then it hits and you're like, oh shit, I don't even like hip hop. And I'm sure you do or whatever. But that, that starts you on a path of going the, building a infrastructure on non-solid ground. Business, same way. You know, you invest or work with somebody that you're like, oh, they got a lot of money, but I don't really, I don't really feel what they're saying. I just had that opportunity. I just had an investor with a business that I'm uh, with, and there was another one. And it was like, I want to be genuine. I was like, I want to work with the person that I kind of, and, and so be genuine with your approach, and it, you will stand out. The vol, the vol, say it again? Voluminous. Voluminous. You ever go be scrolling through, and all of a sudden something is dead silent, it catches your attention? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know we have 30 seconds. Long form is where it's at. Long form, but your short form has to point people to your long form. So we have to do short form in order to promote our long form, but long form is when I'm going to get you, whether it's a fan, whether yeah. it's a sale, whether it's some kind of a engagement, like long-term engagement. So I've always looked at it that way, that my, my craft is my long form. My short form is just another way of promoting and advertising and marketing. And that's when I can have fun, throw shit against the wall to see what sticks. I follow the 80-20 rule. 80% of what is working currently, 20% I flex my creativity, but I'm going to follow patterns because I have found in business and in life, there's patterns to success. I want to follow them. I'm not going to be the person out there that's like, oh, I'm going to be the outlier. No, I don't be the outlier. I'll do some outlier stuff to see if I can maybe find something that hits, but it's, it's follow what everyone else is doing on 80%. Get creative, get super geeky, weird for 20%. Long form, but the short term, the short form just feeds the long form. Awesome. Y'all, UCF College of Business, give yourselves a round of applause. His name is Carlos Navarro. Carlos, we can find you where? To the top, Carlos, or go to my website, totopneverstop.com, and you can see everything I'm about. My name is Dustin Owen. You have just tuned in to an episode of the Loan Officer Podcast. Check us out on Spotify, Apple, YouTube. Subscribe, share. Give us a five-star review. That is all the time we have for you today, but we look forward to catching you on the next episode. Peace.